1: I'm Pastor Joey. I am your not-regular host. I'm sitting here with Pastor Nathan, who preached this last Sunday from Matthew, two healing stories of, well, I guess they're not two healing stories. It was a calming of the storm story. Two miracles. Yeah. Jesus' power over the elemental forces of the world was kind of my takeaway. Yeah. Power over the wind and the waves, or the winds and the waves, and the power over the Demons and spiritual forces. Yeah, I had
0: the sermon title, um, The God Who Draws Near uh, in the Midst of Chaos, or Who Rules, The God Who Draws Near is the God Who Rules Over Chaos and Evil. And uh, I had someone come up to me uh, after Sunday and just said, It should have just been Christ Over Chaos. And I was like, Well, Hmm. I like that, but. Changing Pretty the good. sermon title now
1: doesn't really do a yeah, whole lot. It didn't fit with the whole naming convention of the whole sermon series. Right, right, so, exactly. Uh, chaos and Evil. I assume um, from the way you started the sermon and told it that Chaos and Evil are your nicknames for your two girls? Um, no, not not in the least. I love my girls.
0: Yet, uh, yet at j- 3 o'clock yet in the morning. Yeah, at 3 in the morning in a car ride, uh, there is a bit of chaos. Uh, not so much evil, uh, though, who knows, maybe my uh, temptations toward anger and impatience were maybe the evil that was brought out in so that the, car ride. They're chaos,
1: your evil, and Jesus is God over both. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Why don't you summarize uh, last week's sermon for us just briefly then?
0: Yeah, so uh, we were looking at uh, Matthew eight twenty three through 34, which is Jesus calming the storm and then the d- disciples' response to that. And then when they reached the other side of the Sea of Galilee, him driving out uh, the demons from the two demon-possessed men there in the land of the Gadarenes, uh, and then kind of the, the Matthew's emphasis, uh, as maybe a little bit different from Mark and Luke, is that uh, he really wants to show the authority of Jesus. So we see that even in the stories leading up to these two, that uh, you and and Pastor Jeff preached on in the weeks leading up to it that. Jesus has the authority to heal. He has the authority to heal even, not even in the same vicinity as the centurion servant. And here he is showing his authority over creation and then also over evil in the spiritual forces. Uh, so the, the spin on it that we kind of have thought about for this series is God drawing near. So how does God draw near in the midst of chaos? And how does God draw near even in the midst of maybe evil oppression or evil forces? And so we just kind of took a look, a deep dive onto uh, kind of what Jesus did, but then also the response the response of the disciples, the response of the uh, demon possessed men once they had been, had the demons cast out. What was the response of the demons to when Jesus confronted them? And then the response of the herdsmen and the townspeople when they saw the pigs go off the cliff, uh, you know, they asked asked Jesus to promptly leave. So kind of then took those responses and kind of looked introspectively of how do we respond when Jesus draws near in the midst of chaos? Uh, Are we looking for opportunities where we get to see more of who Jesus is and see more of his authority in our life? Or are we maybe more like the townspeople uh, and just say, you know what, there's too much unknown with you, Jesus. Please just leave me alone. So that was kind of the gist of, of where we went on Sunday um, with, uh, some jokes in there as well that maybe not all of them landed.
1: That's all right though. There's, there's nothing wrong with jokes that don't land. You just, that just means you gotta save it again and yeah. use it later. Yeah. I mean, I knew you could relate because most of my jokes don't land either. So yeah, that was good. No, I, I got what you were saying there. Um, good one. Um, so question, um, we'll come there in terms of like what you had to cut out. Cause you know, looking at the whole passage, it's a big passage. It's two stories normally yeah. you think of preaching one one at a time. Yeah. Like you could easily yeah. write a whole sermon on each one or uh, yeah, even a sermon series on each one of two or three sermons. So I imagine there was both plenty that you cut and probably plenty of research you just didn't even have time to do given how much scripture you were covering.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of interpreting this question, what did you have to cut? Um, there's a lot of stuff I didn't cut because I didn't even go down that path, right? is yes, kind of right. what you were just saying. Um, there's a lot of, uh, study into, uh, demons and demon possession. I could have done, uh, but just realized for this, because of covering these both passages in about 30 minutes and leaving time for application, uh, didn't get down there. But there was something that I initially had thought about, and it was an illustration that for me personally connected, but then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what, this is a long, it it would take a few minutes to, to draw out this illustration and, uh. I don't know if it would connect with everyone, and it, it involves the Lord of the Rings. Um, so I'm in. I'm oh great. yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm on yeah. board. Let's so hear it. Uh, I, I loved the movies, uh, loved reading the books growing up, and I was just watching uh, the Two Towers again the other night when I had some time. And uh, it, something that was struck me, and it was kind of in the back of my mind as I was writing the sermon, is in the Lord of the Rings, uh, the all the main characters are always talking about how the world is under the control of. Sauron, you know the evil lord who has died but is still in power because the ring has not yet been destroyed, and uh, it's just like these little pockets of good that are just barely hanging on, barely surviving. But like if you ask anyone in Middle Earth who is you know who is in control, who is in power, it's like oh, it's Sauron, right, the evil one. Um, and I think sometimes we we think of our world being on earth like okay heaven is the realm where god is in control and earth is this place where we're at but like satan is the one who is in control who rules the world um and so basically what we see in this story of jesus and the demon possessed men and him driving out the demons with a single word where he just says go and they drive and he drives them out um that jesus is leaving no doubt that he is actually still in control even though he's Uh, He hasn't even died on the cross yet, yet he is still completely in control over evil. Uh, And even as he dies and rises again and ascends into heaven, his bodily absence from earth does not mean that Satan, the evil one, and his minions or demons somehow have control over the earth. Yes, there are definitely ways that we see evil at work. There's ways that we might even feel like we struggle to overpower evil, but not like Lord of the Rings uh there is only one ruler of creation only one ruler of the earth only one person in power and it's not the evil one but it's Jesus Christ mm-hmm. so that was like kind of an illustration and because it was an illustration that was like an example by Opposite, yeah. Negation, uh, negation. Like anti- yeah, it's illustration. Ne- yeah the anti-illustration uh, that I decided uh, just to to cut that for the sake yeah. of time. You're
1: like, guess what's really cool? The Lord of the Rings. Guess what's <laughs> not like that? Right. Jesus. Right. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and because you know, I like Lord of the Rings. I'm like, man, it would be really hard to just like say this illustrate illustration succinctly because you just get jazzed up about it and it's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. ah, Sauron, the Lord, you know, the ring and power
1: and all those things. So, oh man. Yeah. Well, when you said two towers, I I thought you were gonna go to. Breathe the free air again. Oh.
0: Ooh. Yeah. Oh, man. See? I didn't even think about that. Oh, wow. another great thing, line, isn't Another it? thing I should have
1: uh, Let's talk cut. about our favorite swimming <laughs> illustrations from The Lord of the Rings. Yeah,
0: let's just do a podcast on that.
1: that that's right. Um, Save it for The Lord of the Rings podcast. Okay. Which you can get uh, on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Subscribe
0: to our Patreon.
1: Just kidding. We don't have a Patreon or a Lord of the Rings podcast. We should, though. No one would listen. Yeah, but at least we would get all this out, and it maybe wouldn't creep so often into our sermons. Yeah, that's true. So, as you were uh, tackling the this passage, these two stories, um, you know, since we tend to read them as distinct story units and preach them as separate things, did you did you find connections between the two stories that you maybe hadn't seen before, or ways that the stories related to each other that? would have been maybe been more opaque if we were reading them you know one story at a time yeah we tend to
0: yeah and i think part of that came from actually looking at the parallel passages in mark and luke um mark uh often regarded to have been written first of the gospels um as he's telling the story of the demon possession specifically and jesus casting him out yeah he has like all these narrative details where it, it, definitely seems like, okay, he's trying to just tell the story as it's been passed on to him or, you know, as he heard from Peter or whatever. Um, And uh, Matthew, as he is taking and looking at Mark's account probably and and writing, he's trying to think of how can he take this story of Jesus and tell it in such a way that kind of lines up with what he's been developing as themes so far in the book of Matthew. And uh, like we hinted at already, uh, it really comes down to this issue of authority Right. Like the Sermon on the Mount begins and ends with a statement about Jesus' authority um, and, you know, how they, Jesus was teaching with this authority that they perceived, like they didn't even perceive that the scribes had this kind of authority that he was teaching with. And then the whole thing with um, the centurion, you know, and like the centurion understood Jesus's authority. And it was because of his understanding of Jesus' authority that Jesus said, like, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. And so once again, It's like Matthew is telling these stories, both the um, one where he calms the storm in the Sea of Galilee with the disciples uh, in the boat with him as he wakes up from his slumber. um, And also with this demon possession, they're both just like continually looking at this um, idea of who is this man? Who is this Jesus, the son of God, who has the authority to not just heal people um, and heal people on the Sabbath, uh, heal Gentiles, Uh, But he has the authority to um, rebuke the winds and the waves, something that seems absolutely uncontrollable. Uh, And he has the authority over evil forces, so he can drive out demons uh, and tell them what to do and where to go. Uh, And then, as we'll see in this coming Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, with Pastor Jeff, he's going to have the authority to forgive sins. And that's just going to be, like, earth-shattering, mind-blowing for uh, the people watching and, and following him.
1: Right, and that's like... The it's made explicit in the in the story, um, the way Matthew records it is you know and in order to show that he had authority to forgive sins, he killed yeah. the guy. Yeah. Right? In yeah. order to explicitly and blatantly make yeah. that point.
0: So other than these these two stories of the, Jesus calming the storm and uh, driving out demons, even though them it seems as though they they happen back to back, but Matthew is very clearly trying to show like Jesus had this kind of authority and it took a while even for his disciples to get this more full picture of who he is and and what type of authority he actually had and over how much stuff he has authority Mm -hmm. over, which is everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, you know, we're we're spending some time looking at almost each story individually, but all 10 of these healings, there's like three sets of three with a little bit of teaching in between each set. Um, And the last one is like a healing within a healing. So there's 10 overall um, or miracles, I should say. Yeah. There's the calming of the storm. It's like each one is about authority. Yeah. Matthew really specifically pulls them all into this place in order to talk about authority. Um, I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Okay. Um, this is like a Bible reading 201 okay. tangent. Like how to read the Bible for yourself. You said a couple of times you've used the phrase parallel passage. I want you to explain for folks who may not know what you mean by that when you say the parallel passages in in Mark and Luke. Like, the, it, it, Talk to us a little bit about the relationship between Matthew, Mark, and Luke and um, how that helps us understand what's going on in Jesus' life. Mm, Well, that is a bit of a curveball, but I'll try my best. You can do
0: this. Um, So, yeah, uh, the four Gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, are often divided into two categories. Uh, There's the synoptics, uh, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then John is on its own. And synoptic,
1: S-Y-N, not S-I-N. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. It means to see together. Yes. Or see with. Thank
0: you. I didn't know what it meant, but thank you for Well, so S-Y-N is, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the prefix for, yes, yeah.
1: yeah, syn- exactly, synonym, yeah. symphony, you know, yes. that sort of thing. Yes, yes. So, um, so they, they see Jesus from the same kind of perspective. Yes. So Matthew
0: John Mark. is kind of in its own category, written much later, um, definitely telling longer stories of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, longer details of interaction where Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of try to just kind of tell Jesus' ministry as it happened, uh, in a, you know, almost narrative historical way. Um, but they each have their own personal, I mean, they're human authors with their own personal uh, interactions. You know, Matthew was an actual disciple of Jesus. Right. Mark, uh, was a disciple of Peter who was a disciple of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Luke was not a disciple of Jesus, but he was one of the companions of Paul who had his own connections with the other apostles. So, um, Mark, often regarded to have been written first, is almost like the unedited version of the Gospels. It's just like, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, yeah. then this happened, then this You'll happened. You'll find the word immediately. Right, exactly. And then this. Over and over. And then, then this. This. and then immediately
1: Jesus. Yes. And then immediately. Yes. It's like, I, I like to joke that Mark is like watching an action movie.
0: Yeah, Like you yeah. can imagine
1: the same event, the same historical event being covered, and if it's filmed like an action movie, that's Mark's version. Yeah. That's the way he tells it.
0: Yeah. So what's interesting, and I didn't really realize this till I mean much later, that Mark, for being written first, is the shortest one, which makes sense. So like, oh, Matthew and, and Luke must take what they have from Mark and really like expound on it, because Matthew and Luke are both longer than Mark. But actually if you look at these parallel passages, so like for example, um, we were in matthew eight twenty three through thirty four where Jesus calms the storm and um he drives out these demons. That parallel passage is in mark five uh, where the same story is told but from a different perspective. M- matthew and Luke often will shrink these passages from Mark yeah, they um, like
1: drop details right that, they drop that details like, hey, that not important
0: right and and it allows them and allows us to see what what perspective they're trying to see. Um, and now sometimes it leads to, uh, disagreements or if you really want to talk, get into the nitty gritty, uh, people will use these differences to talk about why the Bible can't be trusted. Oh, well, Mark says there's one demoniac and Luke says there's one demoniac, but Matthew says there's two, uh, which,
1: and you know what, where there's two, there's always one.
0: Yes. That's also true. Also, this is kind of going back to what I had to cut. I did think about talking about this, but, um, this is kind of, I'll just kind of put a bow on this whole, you know, reading the Gospels together. Um, you know, it's often, you know, if there's like a, a a bowl of fruit on a stand and three artists are circled around it, yeah. um, painting their version of it, it's still the same bowl of fruit, just from a different perspective. So I might have a really good view of the grapes and the blueberries in the front, but you have a really good view of the apple on the other side or something like that, right? So the... The perspective that these gospel writers are writing with, it might not always line up perfectly, but it's because they're telling it from their own personal perspective. Uh, and so regarding why does Mark and Luke have one demoniac and Matthew have two, um, there's no real consensus about why that happens. But an interesting point that one of the commentaries made that I was reading is that um, when there's a few times in the book of Matthew where it's, he seems to out of nowhere just double the amount of people that were healed here, he heals two demoniacs instead of one. And then there's two other times where he, instead of one blind man in Mark and Luke, Matthew has two blind men being healed in each of these three scenarios where he has like unexplainably doubled the healing. um, All three times there is a confession of Jesus in terms of his true identity, either as the son of God or the son Mm -hmm. of David. And so there's a, a theory that it might be because he's trying to lean back on this whole idea of there needing to be two witnesses, two witnesses like yeah. if someone is claiming that Jesus is the son of God well kind of by having these two demoniacs healed so if there wasn't really two people and there really was just one it might just be a narrative or literary element. Yeah, but yeah. does it change anything about what we believe about Jesus and his power and authority and how he draws near to us in the midst of chaos
1: and evil no, no. right And I've heard, you know, on the flip side or the other, another way of looking at it is like, you know, it doesn't, you can be the world's greatest photographer, but every time you take a picture, you're still leaving details out. Right. You know, there's things behind the camera that you're not taking a picture. of. Right. So... Uh, if Mark and Luke point their cameras at one guy in order to show how Jesus is focus- focusing in on just one, they're showing him interacting with individuals. Yeah. Matthew is always zooming out a little bit and saying, "Yeah, there's you know, there's two, there's there's more, there's uh, there's these two, maybe for the point of saying and because you have to know there was more than just one at a time, like they yeah. were witnesses. Yeah. Um, but that it's not incompatible because. Anytime there's two, there's at least one. Yeah.
0: Uh, my also my my personal theory, which once again has no binding uh, authority. No binding authority. On no binding this, authority huh? and Unlike Jesus. Yeah, no binding no authority, authority, no real research into how this could be true. But, um, you know, Mark tells a story of this demon-possessed man restored by Jesus and then, you know, wants to follow him. He's sitting at his feet listening and mm-hmm. uh, wants to uh, follow Jesus. But Jesus says, hey, no, stay here. Uh, and go wherever you go telling them what the Lord has done for you. I maybe just like to think that there were two, and the other one just didn't really care. Didn't have that
1: one-on-one conversation. Right,
0: didn't have that one-on-one conversation. Right. or I mean, we see other, other places with like the ten lepers, where there's right. plenty of people who are healed by Jesus and don't immediately turn their life around to follow right. him. Um, and one comes back. So yeah, can, or one comes back. You can
1: imagine, like the ten that go, one comes back right. to say thanks when he realizes he's healed. You could tell that story easily to say Jesus came across a leper. Yeah. And said, go present yourself. Yeah, He you realized exactly. he was healed. He turned and came back. Right. And you don't even need to mention the other nine if the right. point you're trying to make is that Jesus... Exactly. ...cares about individuals. Yeah.
0: So who knows if, if there were one, if there were two, but anyway, you look at it, Jesus has the authority. Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> Whatever details the biblical author decided to include or leave out right. are at the service of the greater point he's trying to make about who this guy is. Yeah. Uh, whether it's... Matthew, Jesus is the Messiah, or Luke, like Jesus is a a healer and teacher for, you know, that fits within the Greek world, or Mark is just, man, he's just... One thing after another. One thing after another after another. So Mark's the action movie. What would you say Matthew is? Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I mean, Luke's obviously like a documentary Yes, he's trying to be as historically accurate as possible. He's playing yeah. archive footage, and he's doing interviews and all that stuff, right? Yeah. and
0: I, I see Matthew maybe almost more like a play um, that happens oh, okay. in movements where, um, I don't know, between like him clumping these teachings together, these miracles together, kind of like, I don't know, that would yeah. be my best guess, having not thought about the question too I th- much.
1: I thought of him as kind of like a Christopher Nolan film. Where there's like layers within layers within layers. There are layers or there's for sure. All this big structure to the movie that you only figure out when you're rereading and rereading. Yeah, it. yeah, that's yeah. true. That's a good point. And John is like an art house movie. Yeah, that's like a yeah, yeah. I'll just leave that alone. We'll leave it there. He's a Terrence Malick film. That's, that's yeah. who John is. So. Save it for the
0: film review podcast. Yeah, the film
1: review podcast uh, available wherever podcasts are sold. All right, Nathan, this is great. This is yep. really fun. Uh, I'm glad I threw you for a loop there a little bit. Um, if people at home are interested, there's lots of great Bible software online where you can look up parallel passages or do parallel readings so that you can you can look at a story in Matthew Absolutely. and then also see it in Mark and see it in Luke and kind of the different details. I think it's probably important to warn folks like, hey, the point of having all three isn't so you can reconstruct you know, the real story. Right. Because people have tried that. Because people have tried that, right. Yeah. yeah it's, oh, here's, you know, so here's what we really know and all this and whatever. But th- the point is, it's the same story. It's being told from three different perspectives. And so those perspectives help us understand yeah. Jesus more fully. Yeah. Just as if you, me, Jeff, and Tom were all trying to explain Jesus to someone else, we would do it from different yeah. perspectives and it would sound and look yeah. a little bit different. So. Yeah. Yeah, so hey, thanks everybody. Glad you tuned in to Cut for Time. We promise we'll force Pastor Nathan to preach again soon because I heard universally that he did an excellent, nay, amazing job and uh, that he needs to preach more often. So um, I didn't hear that. I think that's just you didn't coming hear from that? you because... You know. Oh, no, I heard that from plenty of people. Oh, okay. So, And if you agree with me, um, email Nathan at org, and just all it has to say is good on ya.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.